I am not ashamed of the gospel. I am not ashamed of the gospel. I am not ashamed of the gospel. For it is the power of God for salvation. For it is the power of God for salvation. For it is the power of God for salvation. To everyone who believes. Romans 1.16 Hey everybody, welcome to Getting the Gospel Out podcast. Today we are focusing on the question, how do I share the gospel with my children? Today to consider this question with me, I have two friends. Uh, one is a woman who I have seen enjoy watching other people's pain. Oh no! Uh, not, like, not, like, not like emotional pain, but like if someone rides a bike into a brick wall, Yes. You're laughing pretty hard. Yes. Or if someone gets hit with a soccer ball in the face. Right. Or in the main part. (laughs) Like America's Funniest Home Videos. That's the show that makes me laugh out loud. Yes. It may make me immature. Yeah. But it's just funny. And uh, that's a good mom skill, by the way. Yeah. 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 Laugh laugh at your children's pain. And I heard that if, you know, this is this this may not make the podcast because it's going to be time relevant. But if the coronavirus shuts down school, Ryan said that you are considering taking your kids on a cruise. Yes. Is this true? Yes. I thought cheap cruise. Let's go. Okay. I think they canceled them all. I know. <laughs> but I'm not sure. So it would be really cheap. But we just went on a cruise and it was amazing. So Or camping with porcupines. I yeah, mean, I can do it all, right? You can do it all. So Ms. Shauna Freilich, thank you for joining us. And uh, we have a gentleman with us who, from what I understand, cannot watch The Office because it's too awkward. Yeah. I, <laughs> I get – I can't uh, – the embarrassing, like the, the, the – I just can't stand it. Me – I'm, I'm kind of the same. I can't, I, it warmed up on me, but for a long time, I'm like, this is so awkward. It's painful. As a kid, like we'd watch Lucille Ball, like the yeah. Lucy show or whatever. And and that's like all about her embarrassment. I'd always walk out. Yeah. The office, I'd walk out. Really? Yeah. Okay. I just can't do it. And and, and <laughs> I hear rumors that you almost chipped your tooth on your first kiss. Yes, that is true. <gasps> well, I tell think, us more. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. If it, uh, anyway, girl in ninth grade, I I had liked her for a long time, and uh, in the band room at Silverado Middle uh, Junior High, I asked her to go with me because that's, <laughs> that's what we said that's back what then. We said back Do they then? still say that? Do they say, will you go with I me? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't okay. know. They said, will you go right. with me? And she said yes. It was very awkward, but we, uh, you know, I, I had no idea what to do next, but I I, uh, I held her hand and, you know, that was pretty cool. And, and uh, eventually there was this part in which at the end of the day, it's like, okay, I have a girlfriend. And what are you supposed to do, right? I guess I'm supposed to kiss her. I'd never done that before. And uh, there had been, you know, the tension mounting. And I think we both wanted to kiss each other really bad or something. And we both went in a little hard. Oh, man. <laughs> and it was, it was, uh, it was, uh, it was pretty uh, Oh, my pretty, gosh. Pretty <laughs> if you would just share with us a little bit about your story. I mean, not the 10-minute version, but just maybe the two, three-minute version of how you came to faith in Christ. Sure. Um, I, I was raised in a Christian home. My dad was actually a pastor. I went to a good news club across the street at Liz Nelson's house. And um, I remember at the end they were, um, you know, got, kind of gone through the stages of, you know, who we are, who Jesus is, that we're sinners, that we need a Savior, right? And then finally, like, you're going to go to hell if you don't accept mm-hmm. Jesus into your heart. And I just remember stubbornly refusing to 
pray with everyone because mm-hmm. everyone else was. And then as I was about to walk across the street to go back home, I thought, well, if a car hit me and I died, I'd go to hell. Mm. So I asked Jesus into my heart. And wow. and um, I know it's weird, but I remember it. And I remember that that was really a, a thing. Like I, mm. I, I still see that as this is when I started this walk with Christ. Yeah, that's cool. I was probably six years old or something like that. But um, So you know the actual spot. You could go stand in the I spot could, where that yeah, happened. Right on Los Altos Street. That would be pretty cool. American Canyon. If yeah. you ever go back there, take a picture. I will Send it that. to me because yeah. that, that's there cool. That's really neat. It's amazing how God can burn that into our memory. Yeah. Yeah. For, for our benefit, yeah. really. Yeah. Cool. Shauna? Yeah. So I was also re- raised in a religious home, went to church. Every Sunday was in a private school, hearing religion every day, wanted to be a nun in first grade. And as time went on and I hit my rebellious years, I um, was... That's when your parents thought a nun would be a good Oh, thing. geez, probably. Yeah. I know, probably. I'm just, you say nun and I smile. I know. You make the worst nun in the world. You would challenge everything. Oh, it would my be, goodness. It would be the, you'd be the worst nun and the best nun I know. ever. But anyway. I would be in exile yeah. on an island yeah, with Corona probably. or something. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but, um, you know, walked away. In, in high school, I pretty much said, I don't believe this. I don't believe any of this. Jesus is a fiction. Um. It's a story good for other people and led a life of depravity for many years and still questioned, still questioned. So I dabbled. I searched. In college, I took some Hindu classes. I took some Buddhist classes. I did the astrology. I did the nature walks. And none of them satisfied. It was just a tease. And then it was like, eh, this isn't for me. And by the time I made it to law school, And I had reached a place of uh, a great school placement as far as performing well academically, a party girl who had a lot of friends. Um, I was miserable. I was miserable. And I got to a place where I thought, if this is all life has to offer, this is an awful joke. Mm. And I lived in that place of despair and despondency for a couple months. And I met a student in law school who would come out with my friends but not get drunk. And I went up to him one night studying, and I said, why do you come out with my friends and not get drunk? And he said, I'm a Christian. And I was like, okay, well, what denomination are you? Because I had the religious training to know all about denominations. And he said, I'm not a denomination. I just love Jesus. And I had never heard that, and that was the beginning of God opening my eyes, ears, and heart to the good news. Um, We talked for a few weeks, and my biggest roadblock was I don't think God could love someone like me Mm. because I knew. I knew what I deserved. I knew I deserved justice, and God's grace is so much more. Um, And so— I said a simple sinner's prayer on April 12, 2000, and it was like a huge weight was lifted off my shoulders. So I came to Christ drinking, smoking, swearing. You just... still do some of those things. Oh, I do. I do. I do. Most of those things. You still do all those things. I do. I think about it. <laughs> oh, man. But now, now I'm loved, and there's freedom. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So. <laughs> what, whatever happened to that guy? 
That guy became my husband. Mm-hmm. How cool is that? It That's is amazing. Awesome. It's an amazing I love that story. guy. I love that guy. Me so, too. Yeah. I love him more. Yeah. You probably do. Yeah, we hope. We'll yeah. be on. We, yeah. we hope you do. There's, yeah. Well, very cool. Um, tell us tell us about your family. You know, sure. are you married? Yes, you yes. are. Okay. But uh, your kids and all that stuff. Sure. Yeah, I'm married. Um, I have uh, three boys. How long have you been married for? Uh, 20 some years. <laughs> oh, boy. 20, 20, I think we're going, it's going to be 27, I think. Eventually it will be. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, coming up. I, so we have our oldest son, Nathan, and his wife, Mariah, live down in Tennessee. And how old is Nathan? Um, Nathan is 25, almost 26. Okay. Um, then Jake is 21, almost 22. He's a senior, um, or firsty they call him, at West Point. So he graduates this year, uh, single. Um, Zach is a 20-year-old sophomore at Wisconsin Lutheran in Milwaukee. Um, Then I have two girls, Ellie, who's a junior at Providence Academy, and Abby, who is a sixth grader who does uh, homeschool and then part-time at Providence. Cool. Yeah. All right. And for myself, I have been married for over 18 years to Ryan. I have four children, two boys and two girls. The boys are on the bookend. So Murray is 16 at Preble High School. Sophia is 14 at Preble. She's a freshman. Whitney is in seventh grade, 13 at Redsmith. And Fritz is in fifth grade, coming in at 11 years old. Very cool. That's I feel awesome. old when you tell me the ages of your children. I know. They're getting older. We're all getting older. <laughs> and her kids are older than my kids. So mm-hmm. so we're going to talk about sharing the gospel with our children. I just want to start with what are some barriers to sharing the gospel with your children? Um, fear that they're going to say no. Right? I mean, that's the nightmare of every parent, wouldn't it? Christian parent, that their child isn't walking in the faith. You know, almost like let that let the other let the professionals do that. Hmm. Um, I would say two barriers for me would be shame. Hmm. Um, you know, if, if I'm going to enter into talking about their hearts, it's also going to engage mine. Yeah. And so, you know, to talk about a struggle a child has with sin, knowing that I also am a bigger sinner, hmm. maybe the chief sinner in the house, that can create shame. And then I would say, you know, it kind of goes along with it. It's comfort. It can be really uncomfortable to actually engage the heart of another. Whether it's fear of rejection, whether it is um, I don't have enough time, and so I would prefer, you know, to listen to my music or get the next project done or whatever it might be. You know, I, I'm placing something before their heart. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, what can often be a barrier to sharing the gospel, I think there's many. One is just my own busyness mm-hmm. and not making it a priority. And so I get home every night, almost every night, to tuck in the kids and eat dinner with them and help shuttle them around to 50 different practices and things like that. Um, <laughs> but I I'm, I usually feel so depleted, I don't want to invest more. So that can be a barrier 
Um, I think other bear, just selfishness. Like I'd rather just go watch TV than sit with my kid when they're, I, I tuck them in, I hug them, I kiss them, I pray with them. And, but I think sometimes that's also a barrier for me. Another barrier is sometimes I, I just want to strangle my children. Like I don't want, when they rebel, I don't want to say, oh, here's a great opportunity to teach them about grace and gospel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to strangle them. Yeah. I love, I mean, I love my kids like yeah. crazy. They're going to listen to this podcast. Like they want to strangle me too, right? Because I'm a sinful person as well. But I get frustrated. I get angry. And I let that get the best of me instead of understanding. Sometimes it goes well, but a lot of times I'm just frustrated and angry because I want to get something done or I want to be productive and they're getting in the way of that. And so those those barriers exist for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's sometimes in my life it's been feeling uh, like there's an integrity problem. Like if I start sharing, are they going to see me as a hypocrite because mm-hmm. – well, this is what the Bible says, but this is what you're doing, or this is what you're saying. Um, and other times it's kind of that uh, um, tr- trying to balance, uh, you know, there's, you know, they get to be teenagers, they're, they're starting to develop their own identity and their own thing. And I, I you know, where do I <laughs> plow in? Where do we, you know, a lot of times that you're balancing act with your spouse, right? You know, not often, you know, often by the time they're teenagers, you know, one of you gets to be the good person. The other one gets to be authority, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's just, you know, depending on where you're at and that, it's mm-hmm. it's tough. It's just they're people and they're messy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, absolutely. One final thought, too. Go for it, yeah. And it's, it's similar to what's been spoken, but... I'm incredibly selfish Mm -hmm. and it can be very difficult for me to be intentional Mm -hmm. and curious about their lives in pursuing each of their hearts Mm -hmm. to spend that time and to want to listen the way you would if you just met someone, Mm -hmm. you know, I take them for granted. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, they're, when they get older, they're busier and so are you and I get older and mm-hmm. have less energy. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, like I said. And do you ever feel redundant? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. Like our, like I think we did pretty good with the first couple, and now Abby is being raised by wolves. You know, that's, that's <laughs> by the kinda, older children. By, yeah. By, by kind of, you know, right. we just, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kinda... <laughs> um, so, how do you share the gospel with your children? What are some ways that you share the gospel with your children? Like, what, where, where are the spots that you do it? What are the conversations that you're having? Maybe even what are the the, the activities that you're taking them to mm-hmm. to hear the gospel? Because sometimes that's how we share the gospel with our children as well. So, what are some of those some of those spots? Well, for myself, I asked my kids actually, and I said, "What do you think? How do how do I share the gospel with you?" And all of them initially shared, "Well, Mom, you read the Bible every night to us." And I dismissed that initially. I just said, okay, give me something else. Mm. And I had to backstep on that and realize it is a gift to love reading the Bible. And our girls and boys both share rooms and there's a common hallway that I just prop a pillow and we read literature at night, whether it's C.S. Lewis, Chronicles of Narnia. Right now we're reading Lord of the Rings, but we always engage in 
time in the word and prayer. And that type of consistency, which I might take for granted, they don't. That's great. Which is really cool to yeah, hear. That's very cool. And then they all had interesting takes. So when I asked Murray, um, what was interesting is he said, Mom, I see the gospel in the way you treat dad. Mm. And you don't talk about other people and gossip. You mm. go right to the person who has hurt you. Mm. And I was like, Oh, wow. You're seeing things here that I'm not even seeing mm. at times. Um, Sophie, uh, my freshman, she said, Mom, I see the gospel when you invite people in, college students, who don't know Jesus, and none of us know him. Mm. And I pushed back a little, and I said, does that bug you a little? She goes, yeah, kind of does sometimes. And I'm like, okay, that that's what, good. That you invite people in? Yes, or? yes, okay. that they don't know, you know, yeah. because the kids are all told— when we have people over, you get to help welcome people. Mm. You need to, you know, look at them and be kind, try to engage in conversation. Sophie's more of an introvert, so that's well, a challenge. Well, it's also uncomfortable and a little bit unsafe. Yes. I mean, it's unsafe to have people you don't know, but we're called to do yes. that, right? So it's yep. a little bit of getting them out of their comfort yep. zone. Yes. Yeah. So moving to Whitney, my seventh grader. This was really sweet. She said to me, Mom, I've seen the gospel in you since you've come back from recovery week. So mm. I've been um, getting help and support for dealing with trauma in my past and recently came back from a recovery week through the Allender Center. And she said, Mom, before you came back, you were very angry. Mm. And she's like, you are so much more joyful mm. now. And it was like, oh, wow, you're seeing the gospel work out in how I treat others. Mm. And and then Fritz, ah, you got to love the youngest. Mm -hmm. He's like, Mom, you're always pointing out different birds in the morning. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, that's how you hear the gospel? He's like, Mom, you're always pointing out different parts of God's creation. And you are always saying, look at this, look at that. And mm. he's like, you make me think about God. And so it's interesting just to see how they play with with a parent. Yeah. Um, and then if I were to answer it, and no one said this, I think it has to do with me going and asking them for forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I try to humbly and honestly seek their forgiveness multiple times a week. Mm-hmm. And how does that share the gospel with them? Well, I think it shares the gospel that they see that their mom's a sinner in need of grace, mm -hmm. period. Yeah. I'm not better. I might be older. I might mm -hmm. be a little smarter. Mm -hmm. But but I, I need God's grace. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. That's cool. Ron, what about you? Yeah, I, I think a lot of it is the, you know, just living mm -hmm. and being kind of honest and open, yep. you know, and uh, when they see us needing to repent for our sin, they see that it's real to us in our life. Mm -hmm. And so when we, we're teaching them how to repent in their sin, right, they don't think it's just, you know, we're annoyed with them or something. Mm -hmm. It's that it's a real thing. Um, we this was one of the things Wendy and I really worked on from the the get go is like how do we how do we discipline children how do we uh, 
so we're always going to, um, you know, scripture mm-hmm. <laughs> again. Last podcast was yeah. about scripture, yeah, but, yeah. That, yeah. That, <laughs> but, um, but the idea is, you know, when they've, whenever they had um, done something that needed correction, um, we had a place in the bathroom where we'd go and there, we'd have a chart that kind of <laughs> if then chart, you know, if you do this, this is what happens, and uh, and why, right? So we'd go to the scripture like. The Bible says, "Thou shall not lie." Right. This, so it's God. God's the one who's has authority. This has authority in our life, and so it's my job as God's given us to you to to discipline you here. So we'll 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 constantly you know do that, but then also uh, modeling how one is reconciled. Right. To, mm-hmm. If if it's uh, in personal relationships, but always to God too. Right. So if you've if you've lied to me, um, you've sinned against God. Right, as well as lying to me, so you need to seek forgiveness not only from God but mm-hmm. also to, to from me, and just how that plays out and how that's lived out, and mm-hmm. and because we were pretty um, determined to be consistent, I mean that became just a, an automatic part of raising our kids. It mm-hmm. helped me as a well, it helped Wendy and I to be on the same page because there was always the same patterns. So it didn't look like we're just getting mad at our kids or something. It, it was, uh, um, there was, we were consistent in our discipline. It was consistent about how the authority is consistent in making sure we're reconciled and also directing them to the heart, right? Mm-hmm. Um, to point out that what they're doing is coming from the heart mm. and that it's evil, right? Good, so, yeah. um, t- uh, one of the trips, uh, shepherding a child's heart, yes, you know, talks book. about that great book. Um, but you know, say Jake, knocked over Zach's stuff and Zach chucks a block and hits him in the head or not that that would ever happen no. in a young household no. but you know you you, <laughs> you you deal with the the consequence of those things and the sin involved and you know I might go to Zach and just say hey Zach what happened well he knocked my building over so I hit him okay well let's let's th- think of it so he he knocked the knocked your building over okay so how'd that make you feel you know, well, I was mad. So in your anger, what did you do? Right? So it's kind of pointing back to the idea mm-hmm. of like, it's yeah. it's I'm resp- it's my sin. I'm responsible. I'm right. And then, um, and then finding forgiveness in Christ. Mm-hmm. So there's, so it's just kind of training them in the gospel, mm-hmm. right? This is, this is how it is. Yeah. Um, and, and then it's wonderful. It sounds like in your disciplining, you're mirroring the gospel. Correct. Because you are not saying, oh, you sin. That's okay. You don't say, it's mm-hmm. okay. You say, okay, this is sin. It's wrong. It's a heart issue. Yes. You need to repent. Um, and then and then you said there's reconciliation. So there's grace. There's forgiveness. There's reconciliation, which is a mirror of the gospel. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. it mirrors that way. Yeah. And it's always, and once again, it's always pointing to God and his word and, and being right with him. Yeah. Um, and so the, just, I think being consistent in that was, uh, was always good. And then, um, I like to talk, right. And have discussions. So, um, we would, as a family talk about things, talk about the sermon, we'll talk about, you know, whatever. And, and, uh, and my kids like to talk <laughs> just uh, about those things yeah. and, and, uh, and try to get deeper or what do you think or and uh, my kids will come to me and ask me, well, what did you think? Or when, mm-hmm. you know, when Dan said this, what what did he mean? And I said, well, he was just wrong. And yeah. this is what, no. No, I just, <laughs> that I'm is teasing. the majority of the conversation. And then you 
practice the gospel on me, which yeah. I appreciate. No, yeah. I, yeah. It, it, um, but it's it's been. Uh, I think. I think the the hope was I think in in Wendy and I raising these children is is that um, it would all be intentional and yet natural like like this is they, like they don't know any better like this is isn't everyone supposed to be this way doesn't everyone understand that there's a God doesn't everyone understand we're sinners and we need to repent and um, isn't it everyone trust in Jesus I mean mm-hmm. that's the that's the big thing. Um, my wife has had the privilege of praying with all of them hmm. for for salvation at some point. You know, I kind of feel a little gypped by that. <laughs> She's around him you a know? lot more than yeah, you are. Yeah, yeah. And uh but um but it's neat and uh and we and we continue and as they get older, you know, there's different I don't want to feel like I'm hogging the conversation, yeah. but you know, they're developmentally they they they're different, right? Yeah. So you pause know. on that because that is a question coming up. Oh, okay. How does, I'll, I'll how does it change? So go yeah. ahead and pause on that. Um, you know, the ways that I share the gospel with my kids, I think there are some moments that are important to me throughout the day. One is when I get to drive with them and it's just me and mm-hmm. one other child. I mean, those are precious times. Yes. It's just you and one other kid. It's like, oh, man, captive audience. It is. They're, it's so good. They're, they're, it it feels like a safe place. Uh, or riding a chairlift with one kid. Yeah, riding a chairlift. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Or going fishing or going disc golfing or something where you can have that one-on-one time that there's no video games around for them to play. There's no Legos for them to play. There's, <clears throat> It's just you and them. So, yeah. So, so in the car are times where I try to ask, hey, what did you hear in the sermon today? Or, hey, what did you hear at youth group? Or things like that. I mean, also, you know, reading the Bible to them. And my wife does most of that, mm-hmm. if I'm honest with you. She does that as part of her her education of them. And so reading the Bible to them, them reading the Bible themselves, and I'll ask them, what did you read today? You know, and sometimes they forget, and it's okay because sometimes I forget too. But trying to really pull out and, and digest the scriptures with them is something that's helpful as well. And How does sharing the gospel with your children change as they grow and mature? So let's just start with like birth through kindergarten. Mm-hmm. What does it look like to share the gospel in that stage of their life? I think the the big thing is is that you're modeling God, right? On all stages, it's true. I think especially in those young thing, uh, young ages, um, like we're practically God to them, and so uh, it's important for us to. For them to have a good understanding of God by how we're uh, behaving, how we're um, patient with them, how we're gentle with them, how how we love them, how they're secure with us, they don't fear, they, you know, they just um, is a big part of of it. And then um, just telling them, you know, you know, you belong to God. Mm-hmm. Um, he loves you. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're. Um, uh, it's an important age where they're understanding authority and they're obedient to it. Um, and uh, But it's also, <laughs> you're, they're going to s- still sin mm-hmm. and then to, to, to correct them. But I think those, to me, I think those are the, the big important, and that never changed. I mean, it, it's still important yeah. as you go around, but yeah. I think uh, doubly important at that age. Yeah. What do you think, Shauna, pre-K? What what are the what? How do you feel like you'd share the gospel with your kids during that stage of life? Yeah, I, I think with our children, 
similar, it's just loving them, giving them hugs, playing with them, showing them that I delight in you, mm-hmm. I love you. And then when it comes, which it does in that age where they think they're the center of the universe, mm-hmm. <laughs> to, you know, to confront that mm-hmm. with appropriate discipline. Mm-hmm. Um, I know when my kids were younger, you know, we listened or we would sing songs together. Mm-hmm. I think that is just such a beautiful mm-hmm. way to share the gospel, like Jesus loves me. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, just those simple, sweet tunes and bringing them to church, mm-hmm. yep. letting them see that we are part of something bigger, God's family, and for them to build those relationships. And, you know, they're squirmy in church at mm-hmm. those ages, and they're in the nursery. But mm-hmm. I think just that um, to keep the Sabbath holy and mm-hmm. to be around God's people, yeah. it's mm-hmm. something that they just grow up with. It's yeah. like the air they breathe. And that they love the church. I mean, yeah. that's so... Like when I left ministry and uh, under kind of a little bit of a bad circumstance mm-hmm. at the the end, um, my biggest fear is that they're they're going to not like the church. Mm. Um, but Wendy and I were very again, lo- we wanted to find a church home mm. and be in a church, and then and we worked on that church plant for a while, and then mm-hmm. you know, and then when that was closing down, and to to come and just mm-hmm. that the church is just vital. Mm-hmm. And uh, that I love the church and they love the church is just it's huge. Yeah. yeah. So I, yeah, I would. I mean, you're you're. It's interesting because you. When I talk about sharing the gospel with your children, you both use discipline <laughs> as a huge part of it. And I guess mm-hmm. that may not be what people initially think when sharing the gospel with their children, but that's a really important part of sharing the yeah. gospel. Because if you don't do it, I mean, Hebrews chapter eleven is right. it that says you know. If uh, God is disciplining you, it's because you're his child and because he loves you. Mm -hmm. And to not discipline is to be negligent, right? And so part of sharing the gospel is disciplining them and showing them their need for forgiveness and for grace and for mercy. Um, I think in those ages, you know, I just think, you know, holding my children, reading the Jesus Storybook Bible are just, you know, wearing those pages Mm -hmm. out. Uh, It's not the actual scriptures, but I'm okay with it. It's the story of the yeah. gospel like you talk about. They hear the scriptures in other places. And starting to lay some of those foundations like you talked about, Shauna, of saying, hey, listen, a church is not optional. It's not something that we skip. Um, I mean, if you're sick, you're staying at home yep. <laughs> to love the people at the church. Yes. But, but you know, this if we're on vacation, we're going to find a church and we're going to go. And, yep. and why that's so valuable, I mean, number one is it says, listen um, – the God of our Sundays is God, <laughs> number yes. one. But number two, you know, they're going to be going off to college someday. And if they're taught that church is optional their entire life, then why are parents surprised when their kids stop going to church right. in college? Absolutely. And so to teach them, listen, this is a non-negotiable for us. Uh, this may mean that you'll miss basketball games. This may mean you'll miss, you may miss some yeah. birthday parties or sleepovers or soccer games. But God is our top priority and uh, and even trying to help them to love, like you said, love the Sabbath, not just yeah. obey it, right, but right. love it. Yeah. Love being able to join with God's people to rest in the promises of God. And so, yeah, that's, that's definitely one of the ways of just establishing those initial things and then just also just praying with them and for them. 
I think is an important thing. And Shawnee, you mentioned songs and this may be moving into the next level, but I think that is so valuable. I mean, God commands us to sing Mm -hmm. and I cannot tell you how valuable the VBS CDs that we send home are that people have them in their car and they're singing about Jesus with their kids are just, (laughs) so, I mean, that's been an emphasis for us of, man, we're giving everyone a CD because we want them to be singing these things when they go home because some of them have parents that aren't going to open the Bible, but they'll sing the CD with them. Are you you familiar with the seeds, Uh, seeds of hope, seeds of courage, seeds of faith, seeds? They're basically scripture put to songs and they're, and they're very catchy. And and we were always throwing those in, and the kids at that age they hear a couple, hear it twice, and they it's memorized for the rest of their life, ah, you know. That's cool. And so we just use that time to. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, you can also start catechizing your kids. Yep. I think you know, for most people, catechizing sounds like a painful surgery or something, but catechizing is a really beautiful, wonderful thing, and you can find children's catechisms. You know, yeah. who made you? God. God. You know, don't you want your kids to know that? What else did God make, you know? So the catechism stuff is also really sweet to really get a systematic topical theology in their hearts for understanding the whole story of Scripture as well. And I know both of you did that as well with your kids. So so catechizing is also a really valuable thing. Creating a saying or creating a repetition that shares the gospel. So I know for me, when I put my kids to bed— I'll say, how much does daddy love you? A little bit or a lot? And they'll say a lot. And I'll say, a little bit a lot or a lot a lot? And they'll be, a lot a lot. <laughs> and I'll say, who loves you more, God or daddy? And they'll say, God. And I'll say, man, that's hard to believe. Those little repetitions, and I know different people have different repetitions that they do, that when you die, they're going to remember that repetition. Oh, and they're going to remember the gospel of grace, you know. But I think we do, even if you don't know, I think we do have those things, you know, like, gather around chicks or whatever. Yeah, what is it? Chick, chicks, chicks in a nest. Chicks in a nest or something like that. But, you know, that's I mean, well. like, that's going to be something that they remember. But I think those repetitive things mm-hmm. are yeah. really helpful at that younger age, the pre-K age. Yes. Yeah. 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 Liturg- liturgies in your home is the idea. Yeah. Right? You, you create these things. This is what we do mm. all the time. And, yeah. And then yeah. they look forward to it. And they'll get mad at you if you don't do it the way that you're supposed to. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully yeah. they get no, mad at you. No, I yeah. love that. I yeah. mean, even when my kids get picked up on the bus yeah. and what the teenagers and the ones that are younger, they will say to me, Mom, please pray for me. That's They wonderful. come to me now yeah. when it's getting close. Mom, the bus is going to be here. Come, please pray for me. Because like, it's been built in. Yes. Yeah. And it's a privilege. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. So the weird one is... Uh, so at some point, you know, I would go in and tuck in the kids, right? And then at some point, they're kind of getting too, too old to want to be tucked in, right? So instead, what I'll do is I'll pray with them downstairs, and oh. then they'll go up. And, like, Abby, you know, is our last one. And it's only been recently since I've, like, I've been, like, trying to, like, how if we just pray down here? Like, I mean, but she'd want me to come up and tuck yeah. her in. And so, because it was this That's pattern really and it just, it's just doing That's it. But sweet. we, uh, yeah, it's, uh, she's like the sweetest girl. Too. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wendy and I are at a loss a little bit because neither one of us are sweet, you know? Oh, yeah, I, I love like Abby. She is, she is so sweet. So, so that's before they get into school. So like kindergarten through sixth grade, let's say through, I feel like 11 years old is a really big yeah. turning mm-hmm. point. So maybe 
kindergarten through 10 years old, what are you doing in that part of their life to, to, to discuss the gospel with them and share the gospel with them? Uh, for me, you know, I think that's when we kicked up more Bible reading time mm-hmm. at night, you know. Of like, at, not not paraphrase, but like the actual yeah. Bible you're yes. saying? Yeah. yeah, like let's read through this book of the Bible, yeah. or the New Testament. And, you know, that's something we often do as a family with Ryan and I and all the children. And being able to pray for them, you know, with our children going to public school before they leave... I do this when they were younger. I would say chicks in a nest, and I can't say that anymore. But when they were younger, they would huddle around me, and I would just put my hands on them, and I would pray for them every morning before they left for the day. And, I mean, what a privilege and gift to bless your children Mm -hmm. before they leave Mm -hmm. the door. Yeah. And so, you know, that's definitely one, one way. And then, you know, for myself engaging with what they learn in school, Mm. trying to point out, is that true? Is Mm -hmm. that accurate? You know, what would Jesus say about this? Or what would he do? You know, I mean, just engaging that because our kids weren't getting that, you know, theological foundation in the school. And and then I love reading books. Mm. And so reading books to the children at night and, you know, Mm -hmm. any young moms, Chronicles of Narnia, I just, oh, those are gems. Yeah. And to be able to enter into the fantasy with children mm. of a larger story is mm. really cool. That's really cool. Yeah. Oh, that's neat. Ron, what do you think? Like kindergarten through 10 years old. Yeah, I uh, I would say one, I mean, kind of after they're kind of getting the, the authority thing down, the, the big next step is really um, ha- are you maintaining that authority? In other words, it's character, right? So, so part of developmental – the issues are, are character. What kind of person are you becoming? So a part of, in addition to the Bible reading, um, also finding stories of people of faith, of mm. people of character that they can emulate, um, the fantasy stories where because the, their moral imagination is mm-hmm. just an amazing thing. So this, so story has a, a huge thing. And then trying to talk to them about that, like your life in a story even. Um mm-hmm. Uh, what you know, and then you can start asking them questions about things. Okay, so yeah, when Saul did that, uh, got was mean to David. Well, you know, what should he have done, or what mm-hmm. you know, just kind of starting to ask uh, questions that are um, that where they're thinking through. Now, the the danger, and of course, is that works righteousness, right? Mm-hmm. Well, if I do this, then everything will be then I'm good, right? Um, so so one of the so even though that that character development is is crucial, um, and and we want them to be good kids, uh, they can start forming the identity that that it's around that their goodness. Um, so you you also want to show them their sin, right, mm-hmm. and and work with them on that. And and but again, it's this grace, right, and mm-hmm. and it's lived out and. I think if we're consistent in it, it's less of a problem. Mm. Um, but really, as a as a child, it's hard to not think black and white, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? So, um, you know, so the next step is going to become <laughs> yeah. another switch, right? right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think in that age, you know, they can start, especially as they get older, they can start to do some Bible reading on their own a little bit. Yep, absolutely. Um, it's just hard as little children to do it, but as they grow older, they can do that. I do think those ages, they're 
their minds are like sponges, yeah. right? And so that's why catechism is so helpful at that age because they can memorize that stuff yeah. better than I can. Or Bible verses is another thing. Yeah. I mean, the other things that are now available to you at that age are things like, you know, Awana or Pioneer Club, mm-hmm. um, wow. whatever those things are where they can get around a community of believers that are seeking after Christ together. I think it's really important in living the gospel out with kids for them to have friends that don't know Jesus. Amen. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. They need friends. As much as they need the body of Christ and friends in the church and, you know, the family environment, they need authentic relationships with people that have very different views Mm -hmm. and to see the goodness in them, in their humanity and to enter into conversation of inviting them mm-hmm. to Awana or Absolutely. youth group or church. But even as a parent to have discussions, what do you see differently in their hearts? Yeah. Do you see something missing? Mm-hmm. You know, how do you engage your friends' hearts? I think that's a great way to share the gospel Absolutely. as well. Yeah. 100% agree. And I would also say as they're engaging with kids that aren't Christians, they can start to see the emptiness yes. of not knowing Christ. Because if you grow up, you know, with Christ, you can take it for granted. I mean, we'd still take it for granted. But but I became a Christian later in life. I know how much life stinks without Jesus, yeah. you know. And I know how much better it is with Jesus. Where I hope my kids never have that experience. Right. You know, I hope they always like, I hope they have really boring testimonies of, yeah. I always love Jesus. Yeah. It's boring, but that's who I am, right? Like, I hope that's their testimony. They don't have to become drug dealers. That are <laughs> like, just, just love Jesus. Like, I hope they have boring testimonies. But when they're around unbelievers, they get to see how the, the riches of the world are just empty cisterns that don't satisfy your soul. And not to, not to like, judge the people on them. We're not supposed to judge those outside the church, but those inside the church. But to see, man, Jesus is better than what the world has to offer and to share that better news with those kids as well. So And to see and have your kids involved, not only with those non-Christian kids, but then when they see them come to Christ and faith. Like, so for me, like I, I was, I was born and raised in a Christian home. My dad was even a pastor, but I had this pretty good chunk of time where I was in major rebellion mm-hmm. to a point where I was desperate. Yeah. Like I, I tried to be a good Christian yeah. or I tried to be good. Yeah. And it didn't work. Yep. God had to literally save me, mm-hmm. and he did. And then I look at my ki- my own kids being raised in a Christian home, and and, and my, I keep going, okay, I, do they really know, mm-hmm. right? But then they've, they've all been involved in bringing others to the Lord, and then they see the power of the gospel yeah. affect oh, in, the, in, so cool. in others' yeah. lives. Yeah. Then it's like it's, you know, it just right. is like this. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's true. You know it's true, and it's so, so good. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Getting the Gospel Out. We have a lot more content for you on this topic of how do we share the gospel with our children. Uh, This is our primary ministry if God has given us children, and so we don't want to rush through it. In the next episode, we will be talking about how to share the gospel with our children at ages 11 through 16, 16 through 18, in college and after college. And we'll also talk about what do you do if you have failed as a parent? 
to share the gospel well with your children, or if you feel like a failure in sharing the gospel with your children. Again, if you like what we're doing, please check us out at www.gettingthegospelout.org. We are also on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. I want to end by giving you the gospel challenge once again, which is to share the good news of the gospel with someone whom God has providentially put in your path. Let's get the gospel out because the power is not in the messenger of the gospel, but the message of the gospel itself. And for those who believe it, they will inherit eternal life in heaven will rejoice.